Hello and welcome to the Squeaky Bum Time Podcast. Hey everybody, had a bit of a mishap on this show, so it'll join in somewhere. Uh, I lost about 20 minutes of the show, but I wanted to sort of capture where we were. Uh, This is the regular squeaky bum time. It was recorded on YouTube Sunday, December 31st. Just had a problem in the recording where I lost the sound. So uh, this is the show. Uh, it's not as good as it could have been. You lost 20 minutes of my amazing Boxing Day insight. I want to shout out to Christian, make sure that he knows that Nottingham Forest's uh, ground was amazing. It was loud, and United really got rattled by them. So uh, listen to the show. Uh, I tried to pick up as much as I could, but like I said, I lost 20 minutes of the show. Here is the remaining 30 minutes of the Squeaky Bum Time podcast. Has there been no sound the whole time? Oh, that would be very, very sad. If that's true, then what can I do? I can't undo uh, what's been happening. If that's been static the whole time, that is sad, but I will continue. Thanks for letting me know, Manny. Um, If that's been the case, hopefully the show's recording on the live stream. I don't know. Uh, That will just mean I have to do it again from somewhere (laughs) in the system. Uh, not sure if that is going to work, but we shall see uh, later on in the podcast. So thanks, Manny, for letting me know. If this is the first you're hearing of my voice, then there's been 20 minutes of uh, of podcast with no sound, which would be just criminal. <laughs> I hope that's not true. Uh, but uh, it has happened in the past where these things kind of go in and out, but... Uh, it's not the end of the world. There's not that many people listening, but, uh, you know, we, we continue and we carry on. Okay. So in talking about, you know, West Ham, um, you know, and United season, it's been, you know, just brutal. Um, and I've talked about it over and over again. I'm not sure how much more we can talk about United at this point. It's kind of sad and it's like beating a dead horse. How it is. And at this point we can't, (laughs) <laughs> at this point, we can't really hammer on United because they're just there's nothing there. There's no there there. Uh, the good news for them is that they finally have a new owner. Hopefully, they something happens. Uh, Gary Neville did his weekly podcast again and reiterated the things I've been saying, which is they have no structure and they need to actually hire people who care about the team in the positions that they can to see the long-term future of the team, a CEO, a director of football and a director of recruitment before they get a new coach, because that has been the problem. They keep doing the things backwards. The coach cannot be that role anymore. There are the days of Wenger, the days of Harry Redknapp, the days of Arsene Wenger are gone. And that type of management doesn't function when you're a multi-billion dollar football club. And that is where United have to eventually finally get to, right? Uh, If you look at all the top sides, even the middling sides have that structure in place. That's why when I get to my boys in Brighton, that's why Brighton is right behind United and will probably finish ahead of them uh, with their game in hand against West Ham. 
Uh, Brighton, I would say for me, this has been disappointing because I really thought they'd push for top four. Uh, they are still scoring goals, but if you notice, that goals against number is really starting to creep up. Um, for me, you know, Lewis Dunk getting sent off every other week isn't helping. The injuries are not helping. Uh, I think they 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 have too small of a squad to have any injuries. And then there are some weird things that Deserby's doing. He's literally doing what Arteta said he would do. They rotate their keepers, literally, which is bizarre. I think it's Verbruggen and um, and Steele are rotating. Uh, they're not getting the dynamism from from Matoma, which I think is clear because they, he's the only outlet. Uh, losing Solly Marsh and his 12 goals from the other side in the wing has been huge. So Brighton are not having a great season. Uh, they're still hanging in there. I think they're still fun to watch. They're still a, they're still battling, but I don't think uh, I think the days of then taking the bigger scalps uh, are a little bit uh, in the rear view. However, they did beat Spurs, but there were two penalties given. Um, I think Newcastle is going to get an incomplete. They're going to be like, meh, okay. But this run here, this four out of five losses, it's got to stop. I think that there is that there is trouble ahead, but I think it's understandable. There's a diagnosis for this team that they <laughs> I heard the same. Mike Redman, are you saying that you heard static? Oh, that's a shame. Um, so I do wonder where they go uh, from here on that realm. Let me just, I'm going to actually go check the, the YouTube machine and see if I can't figure out if, uh, if I can't see where this sound issue is coming from. If you hear static for a second, uh, we're just going to check. Okay, that was bad. Way to troubleshoot the show and find out that you didn't have any. <laughs> yeah, even thanks, BJ. Even 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 Wrexham do have that structure in place that I was just chatting about. Looks like we lost the first half of the show, um, the first twenty minutes of the show. Damn shame uh, on my part. This is why I have Chris. Uh, <laughs> Chris worked the angles. He's always he's always on top of things. This is a, a New Year's Eve glitch. I'll just have to keep going and redo. Uh, the whole show and the podcast will just have the front half of the thing ripped off and I'll just sort of introduce it and reintroduce it. So uh, as I'm going through uh, the table here, let's go back to the scores just so folks can hear um, where what what the commentary was on, on the previous week because we did lose we did lose uh, the sound there. So I'm just gonna go back, gonna redo the buy round capture. So we're going back. Brr, brr, brr into Boxing Day and looking at the scores, if you recall, they feel like a million miles ago. So the wonderful tradition of Boxing Day, English football, day after Christmas, crazy fans, crazy scores, and Forrest defeated Newcastle, putting the damage back on them. Iriola keeping his revolution going, getting a big win at Fulham. Fulham had a big win today. And then uh, Luton defeating Sheffield United. We love what's happening at Luton. What a great story. And Liverpool keeping their engine rolling. And as we mentioned, the Aston Villa game against United was just our moment of celebrating our venerable dear friend John Santana with his family at the game. Sal, Finn, Banna, Shannon, just a moment to enjoy 
and respect someone's family for going to the UK, for seeing a game and having their team first give them all the pain of being down 2-0 and getting the floor wiped with them, but then seeing them united of old. It's like they summoned the ghosts of Ryan Giggs, the ghost of Skulls, the ghost of Van, per- of Van Persie, the ghost of uh, Van Nistelrooy, uh, and, and we're able to come back 3-2 on goals from two goals from Garnacho and one from Rashford, I believe. Uh, then Wednesday, my beloved city have an emotional win against uh, Everton. Uh, really worked hard for it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Silva, Alvarez, Foden. Foden been bossing games like like nobody's business, really getting stuck in, finally taking some control, having some regular game time, doing some damage to big teams. Chelsea getting a win in London and Wolves and their revolution continuing um, with with Gary O'Neill, who you guys know, I have deep, deep, uncomfortable love for Gary O'Neill. I love crap football. It's just my thing. Uh, I enjoy it way, way, way too much. And as I keep going through it, um, we'll, we'll see round 19 finish up with probably the first of the damaging results. West Ham 2, Arsenal nil. Arsenal dominated this game, just nothing went in. Uh, they took like 35 shots or something ridiculous like that. I'm just going to see if I find this sh- momentum. The momentum is all Arsenal, except for the times that um, <laughs> West Ham scored. <laughs> you know, 30 shots, eight on target. I mean, this is a game that you never lose. It's just that smash and grabs happen. Uh, if you don't score, you don't score. All the narrative flips. So Arsenal, don't feel bad about this game, but you didn't win it. And so things get worse. When you have games like this, the next game has to be better. And they weren't able to do that. Uh, Socek and Mavropanos, those are those are set pieces. Those are headed goals. Those are goon goals. Those are, you know, the kind of goals that lose you leagues if you can't find a way to continue. Now, as we go into match week 20, uh, which was the which is the New Year's Day fixtures, um, I talked about Luton. Uh, really, a really heroic 3-2. They were getting killed. Cole Palmer just stamping himself on the league. He's the highest scoring under 21-year-old this side of Jude Bellingham playing for uh, Chelsea. Luton, just heroic. What a great, what a great, great team. Alfie Doughty, keep your name, ears open for him. What a crosser of the ball. Worst haircut, best crosses. Aston Villa getting off the schneid on the penalty, beating Burnley. Palace and Michael Elise and Eze. Elise and Eze are going to send Crystal Palace back up the table. Don't fire Uncle Roy yet. Then the less talked about this Manchester City game, the better. City had like 81% possession. This was disgusting. Uh, I don't even think Sheffield showed up. They had two moments in the whole game. You know, 81% possession. Just bossed this one. A boring game, frankly. A boring game that City needed a boring game and we will take a boring game because boring is good when (laughs) you don't want to deal with difficult away fixtures um uh wolves defeating everton wolves just the revolution continues gary o'neill is my guy then in the least shocking shocking result uh forest behind the city ground smash and grab on united who after that amazing result come in lay a dud it's just typical united and then today's games Fulham, they just outclassed Everton. I mean, uh, Arsenal. Just, they just beat them. Beat them up, roughed them up, took the ball off them, scored the goals they needed to, and Arsenal were never really in this. It was a limp, poor performance that they did not show up. 
after the West Ham game where they were good, after the Liverpool game where they were good, those are two games they dropped points. In this game, they deserve to lose. And then Spurs defeat Bournemouth on more Hinman Sun magic. Just what a player. Saar out, Richarlison getting a goal, and Bournemouth's revolution ends. They are the form team in the division. The form team in the division. Oh, my God. I can't believe I lost half this thing. Uh, it happens all the time. <laughs> but uh, we'll continue. I'm glad that the guys were there to tell me what was happening. Otherwise, I would have done the show and not had any sound for the whole show. But I did show everyone the form table. We can just get a sense of what's happened during this festive period. Bournemouth had been on fire. Spurs winning four out of five. West Ham with their good form, beating Arsenal and United back-to-back with a win against Wanderers mixed in. Liverpool and City taking up good spaces as their opponents in um, Arsenal drop down a level, losing not uh, not w- with only one win in their last five. So not good stuff from Arsenal. And then United just bringing up the, the relegation zone, uh, playing Spurs next which will be a tough game. And then our beloved Luton and our beloved Nottingham Forest, both playing well with the middle of the table being who you would expect. Okay. Um, Just going to keep it going um, (laughs) after the mishap of the show. Uh, Lost some sound there. (laughs) Forest. Yes, Michael Redmond. Forest. Uh, Mike, I talked to Tony Scalicki yesterday. He's doing really well. I just had back surgery. Hit him up. See how he's doing. Um, yeah, I mean, the Forest game was massive. Uh, just really on that narrative around United, they're just so bad um, that a team with passion, a team with energy, a team with togetherness, a team with a good ground, a team that smells blood will take them. So United, after getting the amazing win against Aston Villa, just go back to what they've been. I don't think any of this is shocking at all. (laughs) Uh, I had been going through the narratives for each side, uh, just in terms of up and down, uh, just to get a sense of like, hey, Liverpool above expectations, Aston Villa way above, City grateful for where they are, Arsenal disappointed, Tottenham over the moon, West Ham over the moon, United, bitterly disappointed. Brighton, meh, happy, but disappointed. I think Newcastle get an incomplete. Chelsea, disappointment. Uh, I think they thought Pochettino would clear everything up. Wolves, the Gary O'Neill revolution continues. The Iriola revolution continues. These groups of teams here, Wolves, Barnmouth, Fulham, Palace, Brentford, Everton, these teams from like 11 down to 17, even even Luton, they are tough. They will beat you if you don't show up, if you don't give good energy, if you don't respect your opponent, if you don't give everything that you've got. These teams, all these teams in this mid-block here, they will beat you. They're good. That's why you don't see these high negatives here. They're all really good in their own way and present their own challenges. Palace have had a lot of injuries, and you know um, when Elise and Eze are on the ball, they're tough. Forest are great at home. 
and now they have Nuno and they have Alanga and Gibbs White who are real trouble. Brentford, we know, are a strong team going through injuries. Yes, their form's bad, but their underlying numbers are really good, and I think when they get Tony back, they'll be good. Everton shouldn't be here. They have a 10-point deduction on them. They have already taken scalps. They're probably a better team than United. Luton, we've seen. They're minus 14, but that's about as good a minus 14 as you can get. Only Burnley and Sheffield are actually quite poor. Uh, I think Luton are a separate, are a step above uh, Sheffield and Burnley, uh, but I think they're both improving. The whole division is good, um, and I think this battle this season will take a lot out out of every team. To win this season, this Premier League season, a team will have deserved it, and they're going to come out bumped, bruised, bloodied, and really happy they won it. Uh, Liverpool will feel like they've been vindicated as a great team to have won two out of the last four. Uh, Aston Villa will stamp themselves and Unai Emery will dance. City will will become record breakers, having won four in a row. And Arsenal will have won their first title in 20 years, the anniversary of their last title. For Spurs, they're not winning, but it would be amazing. West Ham, I don't think these, I think it's the top four of the real contenders. Even though Spurs are a point behind, I don't view Spurs as an actual contender. And then you can see the six-point gap is real. These teams underneath these plus 10 groups are not real Titan contenders. And then Newcastle are really living on fumes. They had a plus eight against Sheffield United. So they're not really that good of a team. Okay. Now we are into some places and some areas. And I do want to talk about um, players of the season. Um, I think the player of the season this year and I didn't think that this was going to happen, but I agreed with her, is Ollie Watkins. Ollie Watkins, eight assists, nine goals, leader in uh, goals and assists. You see him right there. I don't think Erling Holland is. I mean, it, it probably actually is Mo Salah, but we take him for granted. MVPs come from new teams, and Ollie Watkins is probably the most underrated striker creator in the division. He's got eight assists. He has connected this team together. Uh, Everything goes through him. The ball's out to the wing with John McGinn onto Watkins. He holds it up, and that is a classic Villa goal. Uh, he's just an incredible player, and I like to reward new players for what they're doing. Uh, player of the season so far is Ollie Watkins for what he means to um, to uh, Aston Villa. Newcomer of the season, I'm going to go with uh, Guillermo Vicario. New to Spurs. No one knew who he was, and he completely transformed Spurs. Spurs are winning games because of his goalkeeping. That dude saves a goal a game. I'm not even being funny. So I didn't know who he was. I didn't know where he came from. Another Italian goalkeeper, and he is our man for the season. Um, just love him. Um, most valuable player. Player of the season is different from the most valuable player. I would say the most valuable player of the season is Rodri. If he's not on City, they lose. <laughs> uh, he's the top-rated player in the division. Uh, just providing cover and defense, providing goals when needed, and makes the whole team tick. Without him, they would lose constantly. Uh, Mo Salah is the emeritus player of the season. Just shows up, 
season after season after season and makes Liverpool go. I know we can't have more than one player, more than one of anything, but 12 and seven just never stops, puts his team on his back on a regular basis. Uh, so Watkins is the MVP of the first half. Rodri is the best, is the most valuable player. And Salah is the most vital <laughs> uh, emeritus uh, team that player of the season. Just without him, they would be doomed. Look at these amazing stats. Uh, I love it all. I love it all. Uh, all this stuff. Yeah. Uh, disappointment of the season. I don't think it's disappointment of the season. It has to be United, I guess. I don't want to say it's United because I don't think they were really that good. But yeah, I guess it'd be United. And then manager of the season. I'm giving it to my guy, Sean Dyche, for keeping Burnley, for keeping Everton in the division, a 10-point deduction out of the relegation zone. The darkness was there. Roger Bennett was dying, and Sean Dyche grabbed Everton by the scruff of the neck and dragged them into out of the relegation zone and almost into the top half uh, a couple games away. Uh, of course, shout out to uh, Gary O'Neill and Iriola, who both have done amazing jobs with their teams. Wow. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Oh, look at that. Look at all this stuff. Don't forget they had 10 points taken away. Correct. 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 Also, Salah going to miss AFCON. Yes. Yes. Liverpool will miss Salah during AFCON. But I think that they, two years ago, how did they do? I don't remember. But, um, you know, he's gone before. I think I think Egypt missed one. City used to have this problem with Yaya Torre when he'd go to the Cote d'Ivoire uh, for the African Cup of Nations. Same, same, same job. Um, it can hurt your team. I think there's going to be a lot of teams that are missing their African uh, players. Wolves. What about Wolves, uh, uh, Mike? Uh, wolves are just amazing. <laughs> They're so good. <laughs> uh, my guys, I just love Gary O'Neill uh, and everything else. Feel free to hit me up. Let me know what you're hearing, what you're thinking about your season, what you're thinking about how things have gone, what you want to hear from me about what you see in the table, what you're feeling, players of the season. Um, I just think, you know, there, there'll be a shout for Declan Rice. He's been fantastic. So many good players. But the thing about this division this year is like every team is really, really good. Um, you know, I tend to like shit teams. I really love Wolves. Huang and his 10 goals, amazing. Solanke in the, is, is tied with Shin Min Sun for goals. Just so many good players just flying around a division, having great seasons. I mean, we can just look at the scoring table here. I mean, that's Dominic Selenke with only one penalty. That's Wang with only one penalty. Watkins, only no penalties. And Chris Wood getting seven after with the hat trick the other day. The crazy thing is Cole Palmer has eight, but four penalties. So Cole Palmer, you get, get in the back of the bus. You're not really one of our guys. Uh, assist, not, not a crazy assist season because uh, our guy... De Bruyne isn't there. Neto's still up there. Been out for two months. Um, uh, underrated player, Pascual Gross. Just so many good players. They're everywhere, everywhere. You look at any list for the Premier League, and you just see players upon players upon players who are just doing amazing things. This is a, an algorithmic rating system. It's going to show the best players in the division. Yeah, player of the match. 
scores. I even forgot about Doku. Doku was amazing until he, he got hurt. All these players, a lot of City players, because algorithms algorithms say City are the best team in the world. Uh, expected goals on target. I don't even know what that means, but it sounds like something amazing. Uh, shots on target per 90. David Brooks, cancer survivor. Good for him. Uh, accurate passes per What is all this crap? Just so much stuff to go through uh, and think about on a per-team basis uh, and just shows that underlying numbers, these things do matter. They do uh, show. Hey, look, look what Darwin Nunez leads the league in. Big chances missed. That's your boy, Darwin Nunez. Just that conversion rate, if he can get it to 15, he would be amazing. You know, it's okay to miss chances as long as your conversion rate is good. The best players, the best strikers are in that 20% range. So one in four shots on target go in. Uh, Holland has not had a great season, and and he still has 14 goals. But look how many chances he's missed. I mean, just an incredible number. The problem with Darwin is the conversion rate is awful, awful, awful. See, you don't want to be lower than Nico Jackson, who we already know is the worst. You don't want to be lower than Rasmus Hoyland, who literally has one goal. So you were talking about guys that miss. These are the guys that miss. You can see them. See, good goalkeepers, yeah. Uh, Mohamed Salah's not having a great season, but just to give you a sense, people hate stats until you start to explain what the stats are for, and you're like, oh, that's kind of fun. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, of course, my guy here, Vicario, prevented goals. Luzinski for Luton. Usually really bad goalkeepers on bad teams are down there, but uh, Vicario has saved the ass of Spurs so many times. And then, of course, our man, Mr. Becker, is a fantastic fantastic defender uh just a lot of fun stats to go through a lot of stuff that really describe the season it's my job to um <laughs> was not narrow yeah yeah of course of course absolutely gary o'neill coach of the year for sure you're getting worried about brentford um i don't think they'll go down they're too good they're too smart they just need to get tony back in form uh just make sure that they have someone scoring goals i think people don't realize you don't watch brentford all the time they don't have Mbuemo anymore either. So, and now they have Neil Mope, who's like the worst finisher, you know, ever. He he's good at finishing uh, in your wife's uh, areas, but you know, he's just a terrible finisher. Doesn't score goals. Uh, it's Wisa, and they're just trying to score goals. They're still creating the chances, but they're not putting them in. If I go to some of my other stats on my other stat pages, I think that Brentford are one of the worst teams at converting uh, goals. So. They're just having a hell of a time converting the goals that they're getting. So everyone's looking for the same things right now uh, in terms of finishing. You know, maybe they have it all lined up. Maybe they already know who they're going to get, um, uh, Brentford, and they're maybe they'll they'll move Tony and bring someone else in. They're always on top of things. I think that they planned for Shada to be the backup for Tony, but he got hurt. And so you make all these plans, the window closes, and other things happen, and you're in trouble. So I think that's really what's happened with Brentford. Uh, they're still creating chances. They're a data-driven team. They're not going to panic because I think they're still ultimately playing well, but they just can't seem to get um, the goals they want when they want them. <laughs> oh, I'm so gutted about the first 20 minutes of the show. <laughs> can't tell you how trying to re-record shows are. It's really bad. It's really hard. Um, your voice starts to hurt, your soul starts to get crushed, and uh, to miss uh, a show like that is just 
it's just the goddamn worst. <laughs> so uh, I, I'll definitely put this show up, but I'll probably have to record an intro for the show to just say, hey, I started this way, then this happened. And then I think what happened was the sound from the website was being recorded as the sound for the show. And it just didn't quite work the way it was supposed to. Um, I don't think anything happened that was too weird, but yeah, that's what went down. Weird, weird stuff. <laughs> I'm so glad everyone's hearing us how loud and clear. That was just humming for 20 minutes in the beginning of the show. Uh, I do. I, I think I'm going to try and go through that that table again, just to get a sense of of where we are and where the narrative is for every team. Uh, you know, you know the narratives for teams just change all the time. And one of the things that I've been going through um, with sport is we're in a really strange time with sports. Um, all the stuff that's happening with media in terms of rights fees, in terms of bifurcating, in terms of where do I watch the games? Where do I watch the shows? Uh, there's really only one sport that gets any ratings that are growing, and that's the NFL. Everything else is scrambling. We're really living in the print and press coming in and 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 new things happening and everyone getting to read and watch what they want at all times. And some of the structure that sport as a business is based on is loosening. And what will happen is, is that sports that will win are the sports that have compelling narrative built into them and that their games are what matter. So what makes the NFL, I think, so special is that the games is only 17 games and each game changes the story. Each match week changes the story. I think with 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 um with the Premier League, it has great stories about each club, so much history. You can do a deep dive about Liverpool's history. You can do Hillsborough. You can do Ian Rush. You can go deep, deep Roger Hunt. You can talk about the socialism of Shankly and how he imbued that into the club. Or go to Aston Villa, one of the original members of the Football League and how they actually created the division and won the European Cup, a forgotten team and all these things. And Manchester City, have our we have our oil story and we have Franny Lee and Arsenal with, with Herbert Chapman and, and putting stripes on the shirt so the players could see each other and the creation of the WM and, and Spurs under Nicholson playing attacking football and every team, every club, West Ham, the Academy of football with all their world cup players and, and all this stuff. And United just are the history of English football along with Liverpool. So we have that part. We have the history, we have the NFL films part, but what we have that I think is important is that the games matter. <laughs> Premier league games matter. We don't really get a sense of who the players are. They're not the most important thing. The clubs are the most important thing. And I think that sets football apart in that you can tell the story of a season week upon week, game after game. Uh, we don't lose sight of a wash of games where you lose things. I think this Christmas period actually got a little bit weird. It started to feel more like an NBA or an NHL season where there's four games in a week. I don't know what happened. Now, it has that because it's a bit of a moving day kind of period where a lot of stuff happens at once. But normally we go week to week and the separate tournaments that the clubs are in are more about your club, like you know, um, you know, like Chelsea don't have European football. Chelsea fans are going week to week. City fans, we have our FA Cup coming up. We have, you know, we have Champions League down the road. But that's really about your own club, uh, unless you just watch a Champions League for other reasons, for other stories. But you know, those things are compartmentalized into their own thing. 
But in this new sort of media is like what sports are going to survive are the ones that can tell compelling stories that their stories are driven by the matches themselves. Uh, the results might not be the perfect method, right? Because I like to think about underlying numbers and stats and all these things and, and you know, uh, formations and things like that. But the results are enough to create a story, right? Like, what does John Santana get mad at me for uh, when United lose? They don't have a winning mentality. Winning mentality, what the hell is that? How do you measure that? What does that mean? <laughs> it doesn't matter. It's a great line for a story. Or, oh, we got done by VAR. If you're Liverpool, oh, the world is against us. We have the refs against us, and they don't want us to win. Somehow you won 16 championships and six Champions Leagues, but the refs don't want you to win. The world is against you because the Sun said something about Liverpool fans in 1989. So, you know, these sort of things that we create stories with and and City, you know, no one likes us because we're made of money and we don't care. You know, we have all these stories that drive everything forward. And I think from a sports programming television perspective, that stuff is what's going to make these leagues work. And I think football has to remember that. And if you start futzing around, say hi to my wife, Nancy. Hi, Nancy. Uh, I'm sorry, Jack Grealish got robbed. Uh, it's sad. I think he had a mental health day. Uh, they took him out of the game. He was not great. Uh, he'll be okay. Uh, Jack Grealish, I've loved him since he was 18 years old. When I saw him with Aston Villa and I saw his hair and I saw his calves, I immediately loved him. And I didn't even know he was going to be on City. And then he was. Um, it's amazing. He's a great player. He's not as good as I want him to be, to be fair, but he's drunk. He's our Jack the Lad. No one celebrated winning a Champions League like Jack Grealish. Um, you don't even have to watch football. Just watching him shirtless on a bus is a great moment in life. Um, I don't think anyone celebrated well enough. He looks terrible in a baseball cap because the English never know how to wear baseball caps. They always look completely goofy. Anyway, I was ranting about uh, technology and stuff. I'm getting near an hour. Uh, I've given this show all I could give. Uh, I love you all equally but different. Uh, Mike, thank you. BJ, thank you. Um, Manny, mm, not so much. Um, but it's been a great season, and the second half of the season will be even better. Okay, let me find let me find my ending script because without it, I'm lost. I think when I say it without the script, something goes wrong, and I just don't feel good about where the show ended. Okay, let us end the squeaky bomb time podcast with Laurent Cortines. We are the Premier League win of the Top Football Club TV YouTube channel and it printed exclusively by the Football Tonight podcast. We record on Sundays, so be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or YouTube or whatever so you never miss an episode. And if you're listening on Apple or wherever, please rate and review the show. And if you haven't, that's okay too. I appreciate you. Happy New Year. Enjoy your football. Guten Bye.